0: Welcome back to another episode of the Two Smoking Microphones Podcast, uh the official Lego podcast of the world. <laughs> I'm Connor.
1: I'm Harry. Hello, hello, hello.
0: And we we were meant to start recording this uh, forty minutes prior to when we than when we have, but we were just talking about Lego. Yeah,
1: because basically basically it on the day well on the day this is released this is released tomorrow, yeah. yeah. On the day it's released, it's my birth it's my twenty fourth birthday. Woo. Happy birthday to me. Um, and basically I was saying to Connor that in the morning I'm going to go out with, with Maddie and, and, you know, cheat myself a couple of bits and he was like, you should go to the Lego store and then from there we just listed all the Lego we want and that we've had um, and and now we're just in Lego modes
0: Yep, yeah, now we just want to play with Lego
1: That's all I want to do I want get the central, the central perk uh, Lego set is pretty, still, pretty sweet
0: I remember seeing that in Tesco reduced uh after work one day and i was like that looks like i want that but i didn't have the money at the time to buy it even though it was reduced
1: yeah so i never got it oh yeah maybe i'll get that but anyway so this is another this is another podcast and today's podcast uh we thought we'd talk about a topic that we've been we've been we've we've mentioned before and i know we've both wanted to start talking about them for a while yes um but we're going we're gonna to do a couple of tiny bits of news and then we're going to jump straight in to the Star Wars prequels.
0: Yeah. Because um, nothing else interesting happens. We thought, let's just dive into one of the topics we've got in our backlog list.
1: Exactly. Um, and then this will be a thing that can reoccur. And then, you know, we'll do the prequels. And then at some point, we'll do the, the spin offs and then the originals and then the sequels. Yeah. And then uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, so, um, Connor, do you want to jump in with... Uh, you said you had two things you wanted to tell me about.
0: I wanted to... I mean, you probably already saw this, but, um, you know, following its tremendous uh, first season, Jupiter's Legacy has been essentially cancelled.
1: Oh, we thank... God. I mean, uh, heartbroken.
0: I saw so many... Fa- like Because I, I, I was following Stephen S. tonight on on Twitter, so he retweeted everything, basically, that fans were saying praise about it. And I... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, I hope he doesn't listen to what I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> that'd be annoying if he did.
1: No, um, well, if he does, can I just say, Seven Us Tonight, Season 1 of Daredevil, is, incredible. Is the only good thing he's made.
0: Yep. And I'm like, I realised, I was like, oh, wait, I'm still following him despite the fact that he's made one good thing, and that good thing came out in 2015. <laughs> I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> because I, like, I can't I can't be seeing it's all this stu- I can't be seeing all this Jupiter's legacy stuff i yeah I, I hated that show <laughs> like, it was terrible and you didn't even finish it so like
1: mate, i've i've I got to episode four and then i I never got back to it and to be honest I'm never going to get back to it i don't I don't like it yeah, I was you know I wasn't gonna it... watch a season two I understand I understand what it was trying to do. Um, and I know that I, I've been told the comics are very good, but for me, it just um, boring. It, it was yeah it was I the, my biggest thing it was too clunky. Like right, yeah. the suits, you could tell were rubber suits, and obviously I get they're not you know, but you know you've got other superhero shows out there that, that it's clear that this show had budget, right? And it's clear that it it, it had the budget to make to get it as good as he wanted it to but be that was, it just felt that was one of the things I
0: saw I even saw uh, uh, Stephen S. tonight say this he was like yeah it had a huge budget that was like basically they I don't know if he said it in these words but it was basically they couldn't justify doing a second season
1: yeah and I just I just feel like if you if you had that budget I I don't know it just felt half-assed you, know, you know
0: yeah they were. Well, they apparently they're gonna they're gonna continue the show but it's gonna be like an anthology it,
1: yeah so they're doing they're doing a spin-off of um one of the popular comics based around super villains so you know maybe maybe the um characters will, will be seen again down the road i know like they all would want to come back but i'm i'm not surprised in any way that it got uh shelved
0: yeah yeah, I'm not not surprised. I saw people being like, "Oh, they should just sh- shop it around to another like streaming service, maybe." And it's like that won't happen. One, because the show wasn't very good, uh, and and two, uh, Netflix own Miller World. They own all his, yeah, no, all his it's, stuff. It, so yeah.
1: they own they own the rights to make anything exclusively with Mark Miller.
0: Yeah, they they own the right. they they basically own anything he comes up with now like they own any future ideas he has they own any past ideas he's had <laughs> exactly. unless of course he's written for other you know comics which he he has it's only any of his original stuff
1: yeah ju- yeah exactly so they you know this isn't a case of it will get renewed no this is this is at least jupiter's ascending is like uh, I say. no fuck Legacy. Even then, I don't even remember the name.
0: <laughs> that's just because there are, two, there are two things with similar names. That's not like. That's like
1: fuck me. I rather, I rather have a sequel to Jupiter's Ascending for fuck's sake. Well, don't right? worry,
0: we, we, we won't mess up any of the names. And uh, once we get through this news, we'll talk about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, also, did you see um, that I, I don't know how to how to say her first name but Issa Rae was cast as uh, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman in the
1: um, uh, Spider-Verse yes. sequel That's actually very exciting Spider-Verse sequel getting well underway which I'm very excited about Sorry we just had to cut a
0: few things out because the podcast was messing up You would have heard a little bit of the mess up But now we're back
1: Hello Sorry, my fault Will probably happen again
0: yeah, this is what happens, again, like I said before, when Harry half asses everything.
1: <laughs> no, it's not my fault, it's the AirPods' fault.
0: Okay, don't use AirPods then.
1: <laughs> it's the only thing I've got at the moment. Get
0: yourself a pair of headphones. I'm
1: sorry. Oh, I'm going to have to, and I? do you
0: have gaming headphones that are wired? Use those.
1: I do, but they're not at the place I am currently.
0: Okay, Just take them with you in the future.
1: I was meant to but I only had enough room for the mic so I had to bring the mic more than the headphones just
0: wear them around your neck
1: (laughs) yeah no that would have worked to be fair
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah wired will be so much better for this Like, especially for the long time we're recording for wireless can't can't always be trusted especially with Apple
1: yeah I'm finding that Apple, Apple at least with the AirPods they're getting more and more faulty I don't know, a lot of people are running into the same problem now as well.
0: That's how Apple works, isn't it? Their stuff starts to stop working, so they want you to buy a new one.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cheeky bastards.
0: Anyway, yeah, uh, we were talking about, um, obviously, Issa Rae has been cast as uh, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman in the uh, Spider-Verse sequel.
1: Cool. Yep. (laughs) Um... I mean, I'm I'm excited for the spider verse sequel. I am a little apprehensive because you slice like how do they make it better than the first one?
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's, obviously I've, it's going to be tough, yeah. You
1: know, because the first one was groundbreaking in a many in many ways. Yeah,
0: it was.
1: Um but you know what, speaking of Sony actually, this is this quite happily links into my news. Ooh. And I think this was announced this week, and I don't think we if it wasn't, I don't think we've mentioned it yet. But um this is where I'm wrong, Aaron Taylor-Johnson was cast as Kraven the uh, Craven Hunter. yeah
0: that was, um, I think that happened for after we recorded. Sony well, we didn't mention it at all,
1: yeah, um,
0: yeah I think in terms of look, that's decent casting, because he can look quite Kraven-esque, especially when I'm thinking about like in Tenet when he had that beard and that
1: yeah I generally think it's decent casting as well
0: I'm just um, very unhappy that we're not going to get Craven in a Spider-Man movie
1: no, it would be more likely we get Spider-Man in a Kraven movie.
0: No, we're gonna get this is we're gonna get a Sinister Six movie. It seems.
1: I mean, that's yeah, for, for sure. That's the way they're going.
0: Which is what they've wanted to do if, since they made the Amazing Spider-Man.
1: So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if we don't get a Sinister Six, in no way, home we'll be getting a film of the Sinister Six very shortly after.
0: Yeah, um, which is fine.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, could, don't get me wrong; it could be done really, really well. Um, I know a lot of people, especially I know like you as well, would rather have had No Way Home have Craven and even John Watts have yeah. Craven the Hunter as the main villain.
0: This is this is because of because of Sony more than anything, like because they want to do their own stuff as well. But yeah, like the fact that John Watts was like, oh yeah, my ideal C- uh, villain for the second Spider-Man film was probably Craven. My ideal villain for the third Spider-Man film was probably Craven. It's like yeah. It's so can we just have Craven then? Like everybody wants it. It would have worked. It would have fit in with stuff that happened in Far From Home. Yep. Like the, the bus the bus the coach driver Dimitri is supposed to be well his name's Dimitri, which is the same first name of Craven's brother.
1: Yeah, so there's links there and it, it clearly would have made
0: sense. The, Shit, the, the yeah. villains of Spider Man No Way Home should have been Craven and Chameleon.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was happy with Mysterio, don't get me wrong.
0: Oh, no, I'm not saying I'm not. I mean, I'm so happy we got Mysterio in general. Mysterio's great.
1: Um, but, yeah, I would like to see Craven. I would like to see um, Chameleon. I mean, you know, look, it's, it's very clear as well they'll be doing a Spider-Man 4 and more Spider-Man films with Tom Holland, at least for a little while. So maybe, you know, maybe we will get Chameleon or Craven against... Him down the line, but I would have thought the way they'll go is put him against Venom. I feel that's what Sony are trying to build towards.
0: Yeah, probably. Oh well. Oh well. Um, uh, but well, no. hopefully, a Craven movie is decent. I don't really want to keep seeing Spider Man villains having their own movies, it's not the point of them.
1: No, I want to see them in a Spider Man movie against Spider Man, personally.
0: This obsession with movie villains having their own, well, comic book villains having their own films is getting on my nerves now. Yeah. It's not even happened that many times, really. Like, we've had what, obviously, we had Joker, we've had Venom, we've got the Venom sequel. And Venom's alright because Venom does have comics where he's an anti hero. Yeah. So if you're taking inspiration from those, then yeah, okay, cool. Venom can kind of work then. And plus, he's not that interesting a villain anyway. (laughs)
1: forget Morbius
0: yeah I know I wasn't forgetting Morbius but everybody's gonna forget Morbius the moment it's released yeah because it's gonna be shit (laughs) (laughs) I mean hopefully it's good hopefully I like it but I don't care
1: (laughs) no it's gonna be it's gonna be shit it's gonna be bad
0: I know there are rumours about it but I wonder when we're first gonna get introduced to Silk you know the other Spider-Man-esque character woman oh yeah um, I know they want to do a spin off. They were planning, they've been planning like live action stuff with Silk. They've planned apparently a spin off of the Spider Verse stuff with the Spider Women. Yep. Um, but yeah. We'll see.
1: Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, but to be honest, my last bit of news is probably worth talking about. Um, oh, actually, there was a. F- it's not a funny thing, but it was a bad thing as well. But anyway, um Johnny Yen has joined John Wick 4. Yeah he
0: has, isn't he? That's that's exciting. Which is pretty exciting. Yep. I don't think Donny Yen has been utilized very well by Hollywood films yet, so
1: Yeah, I feel like he'll 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 go pretty well in a in a John Wick film.
0: And after I've watched all three of the Ipman films, um he's he's really good in those. <laughs> like he's really good. <laughs> I thought ends great. um great but in terms of anything he's been in for like you know in ho- at Hollywood he's not had a chance to really do much Yeah, which isn't too much actually if you look at it he's not been in that many things like in Mulan he's a bit doesn't do anything really
1: no yeah he does nothing in Mulan uh,
0: Rogue One he's alright but he's an interesting character in that but he doesn't again doesn't do much he has that I one scene the force where he's he has that one scene where he beats up a bunch of stormtroopers, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and he's meant to be in a sleeping dogs film, you know, based on the game. Oh shit! Um,
1: what? there has been released, or is it in no like, in the making?
0: It's to be to be TBA. Oh. But yeah, I think be I think so. all the Ipman films are still on Netflix. You should watch them. At yeah, least, definitely. Um... At least the first one, like the first one's incredible.
1: Oh, haven't they released the fourth one now?
0: Yeah, there's four of them. Oh. I have seen all four.
1: <laughs> we love that.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, he was in Blade 2.
1: <laughs> was he really?
0: Yeah, he was also one of the um, stunt coordinators. Shit. Or action chore- chore- choreographers. Yeah. Fucking love that. Oh, he was also one of the action choreographers for Stormbreaker. Oh. He was the action director for that apparently. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Uh he's on a lot of a lot of a lot of other um like you yeah. know Hong Kong productions that look really interesting. Yeah. Oh, wait, I even watched the Ip spin-off. Did <laughs> you? Yeah, Master Z is uh, the villain from the third one, I believe. He's not oh. not the villain. He's like a competitor and like yeah. Yeah, he's not a villain, but like he's hes actually a really good character. I like him. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking forgot about that. <laughs> he's kind of like actor you'd expect to see in more things. He was in Pacific Rim Uprising. I don't remember him in that, but he's like... He's the kind of actor you'd expect to see in more Hollywood stuff because he's got that kind of... He could be in a Hollywood film. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is in uh, the spin-off, and so is Dave Bautista. <laughs> I fucking love that. But it, it's not... It's not amazing. <laughs> fair,
1: um, fair. But yeah, that
0: was
1: uh... Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um did you hear about Mission Impossible? No. So you know Tom Cruise had that whole... Oh, oh yeah. you know, we're we're leading Hollywood and yeah, he you had know, his, don't had bring his... COVID. He
0: had his onset. His
1: game. his melt, meltdown, yeah. Um well Mission Impossible is now halted filming as his positive COVID nineteen test. <laughs> wow. Um yeah, so obviously his meltdown worked. (laughs) Just thought that was a bit of a bit I saw that and I was like, That's a shame. Yeah, hopefully it's not delayed. For too long. (laughs) Um and then the other little bits and pieces we have four and Thunders wrap filming. Um and Indiana Jones Five starts filming in the UK next week.
0: Oh yeah, I thought it um Rap filming, didn't it? And that picture of his arms. I mean, it was a picture of him and Taka Watiti, but it was a picture of Thor- of a uh, Chris Hemsworth arms. It's to be a, real,
1: yeah, it was a picture of how bloody Jack the man is. Yeah,
0: he's the biggest he's ever been. Like he's insane. If you watch the first Thor, he's quite slender. Now he's just yeah. buff. Like <laughs> it looks it's, incredible.
1: It's... <laughs> I saw it and had to like double take. I was like, this can't be real.
0: He's fucking huge now, but it's, it works. It did. It... <laughs> Do you get, like, a a very... Like, especially from, like, the first... I, oh, I mean, I guess it's because he's with the Guardians in the intro, but, like, when the, we saw that first image, and then even with this one, I'm getting the insp- uh, the feeling it's going to be quite 80s-inspired for some reason.
1: Yeah, I thought I always... Ever since we saw the logo, I was thinking 80s.
0: Yeah, which... I don't know what the obsession is with the 80s at the moment. It was 40 years ago. Let's get over it. Fuck
1: okay. <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, if he's done well...
0: Oh no! Of course. I mean, it's it's T.T. doing a Thor movie. Come on. And he actually wrote. Yeah, it's going to be great. He actually wrote this one. He didn't write uh, Ragnarok.
1: Did you not? I no, did.
0: Ragnarok was written by someone else.
1: Oh shit! Yeah,
0: Ragnarok was written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher L. Yost. Oh. Um. Who are pretty much Marvel writers by the looks of it. Nice, like. Yeah, Eric Pearson was like uh he wrote he did the he wrote this consultant. He wrote A funny thing happened on the way to Thor's Hammer, he wrote Item Forty Seven, he wrote Agent Carter, the you know, the shorts. He had uncredited rewrites on Ant Man yeah. and, and Spider Man Homecoming, uh he had an uncredited rewrite on Pacific Rim Uprising, uncredited rewrites on Avengers Infinity War Endgame, uh, and Pokemon Detective Pikachu. He was one of the co writers for Godzilla vs. Kong, and he wrote the screenplay for Black Widow. Jesus, and he was uh, a writer on eight ep- the, on eight episodes of Agent Carter. So, and then yeah, he was one of the writers. Oh, nice. so I think he's okay. He's one of those in-house like screenwriter ones, probably. Then Craig yeah. Ka- Craig Kyle was an executive producer on the first two Thor films. He was one of the writers on Ragnarok. He's done some director video stuff, uh, some television stuff. He's actually one of the writers on Pacific Rim: of The Black. Hmm Started that can get into it. uh, He wrote eight episodes of X Men Evolution.
1: Nice six show. Um, uh,
0: And then the other guy, Christopher L. Yost. Uh, Oh god, he wrote Max Steel. Was one of the writers on Max Steel. Uh, one of the writers on Thor The Jesus. Dark World, a couple of a- animated Avengers movie, like Marvel movies. Uh, and he was an executive consultant and one of the writers on The Mandalorian, apparently, in 2019. Oh, nice. Uh, and Cowboy Bebop 2021, is that the the live-action TV series they're doing? Yeah, Must it's... be. I still need to watch Cowboy Bebop. It used to be on Netflix, but I have it on Blu-ray now, so I definitely need to watch it.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's meant to be amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, John Cho's meant to be playing Spike Spiegel the main character yeah I forgot about that yeah I definitely need to watch the original one before I, that before that eventually comes out 2021 apparently oh decent Is expected to be released on Netflix in 2021 I didn't know that at all that's summer 2021 so it's soon then
1: that's fairly soon yeah
0: because we're basically coming into summer now
1: yeah, I have mean, you notice, in June. So. Say,
0: have you noticed that as well? Like, we've had such a late summer this year compared to previous years.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: It's funny, but that climate change isn't real. I
1: mean... Oh, no, of course. And don't, don't forget the Earth's flat as well.
0: We. <laughs> God, seeing elements. Because I, I was walking through the park yesterday with my mum and the dog, and there was, like, there was still leaves on the ground. I'm like, I'm so surprised there are so many leaves on the ground still in June. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Is this the climate going back to normal?
1: No, it's probably worse. It's <laughs> other people that say the, uh, the, the, the like how climate changing is real and the Earth is flat. I'm getting my uh, second jab of the the vaccine on on Wednesday, so I'll be fully equipped with 5G and the chip that's in, that's getting imprinted into my brain. Good, good. Um, and obviously I'll become a magnet yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Um. um but do you know what's, what's fun? this? This could be. Let's think. Like last year, for example, do you remember that last year we had like a twenty-five degree day in February? Yeah. Actually, I was fucking working in it. It was terrible. Um, and then, like, obviously, we get such hot weather from like March onwards. Um, I feel like this is going to be the year where it's going to be like a fucking painfully hot Christmas or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> like this Christmas at all. is going to
0: feel like a summer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah um, but enough oh about, for sure
0: enough about uh, climate change let's talk about some uh, fiction
1: so we've kept you waiting long enough let's talk about the Star Wars prequels we oh, don't have any more news no oh, so nah, that's a bit I'm afraid I'm sorry man
0: Star Wars prequels what's what's what happens what, what 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 are they I've never heard of So God. we're gonna
1: we're gonna go episode by episode, we're gonna start episode one, leading up to episode three. Uh, we're just gonna, gonna do you know, we're gonna talk about highs and lows, talk some some stats, maybe so, even rate each one.
0: So Harry, if we're gonna be watching episode one, does that mean we're starting the first one? Or the fourth one? Because <laughs> it's the fourth one. Uh,
1: don't do this to me so I make
0: a joke about it being not the first one episode one is the fourth film
1: <laughs> episode one is technically the fourth film but we're starting in 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 timeline order
0: that's what what i'm saying is yeah in even though in, ti- in timeline order episode one is episode one but it's the fourth film
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 true <laughs> so star wars episode one the phantom menace uh released in 1999 Um, It had a budget of $115 million It made $1.27 billion $1.027 $1.027 I apologise, I forgot the knot It is directed by George Lucas Written by George Lucas And stars Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman uh, Jake Lloyd, Ian McDermott Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker Frank Oz and Pamela August Yeah Don't know who she plays
0: That's Anakin's mum
1: of course, it is. Uh, excuse uh, me, we... it
0: also stars uh, many, many other names like uh, Oliver Ford Davies as CO Bibble, Hugh Quashi as Captain Quash Panaka. Oh, yeah, because he's from Holby, isn't he? His, yeah. his first name's Quash. He was also in our uh, Doctor Who, Daleks in Manhattan. He was. Uh,
1: we have uh, Samuel got, uh, Jackson Ahmed as, as Mace,
0: Mace Hindu, I mean Windu. Uh, Ahmed Best. Ahmed <laughs> Best as, as, as George Ray Park as Darth Maul, but the voice is Peter Seraphinovish current <laughs> Stamp as Chancellor. Keira Knightley. Yeah, Kira Knightley. <laughs>
1: um, Lindsay Duncan, Sally Hawkins. I don't care about the rest
0: of them. Matthew uh, Wood plays uh, Bib Fortuna.
1: <laughs>
0: Matthew Wood has uh, went on to be he's one of the sound designers now, like editors on the films, and he's the voice of General Grievous. Nice. Uh, Dominic West is an unnamed Naboo guard. <laughs> Sophia Coppola is one of uh, the handmaidens. (laughs) Crazy. We love it. We uh, love it. And Brian Blessed uh, is the voice of Boss Nass. Yeah, yeah. Have we got everybody? (laughs) I think we have. (laughs) Um, yeah. So let's do a Star Wars.
1: So Connor, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, you're we're both massive Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. Um, what's how much do you love this film? You I, love this film. I want
0: to also say first off that this was, I believe, the first film I ever saw in the cinema. Nice. Uh, back in
1: 1999
0: when I was but three years old. <laughs> when it came out. Yeah. Um, subsequently, it is my earliest memory of going to see that film. I remember. That's cute. I remember being in the car going to see it. And at the time, I didn't know what Star Wars was. But... Uh, we went. My mum. We went with one of my mum's close friends and his uh, and his and her son, um, and he was already a big Star Wars fan. Um, he was a year older than me, and his dad probably showed him the originals or something. Um, and I remember just being like dismissive of it at the time, even though I was by the three-year-old. But honestly, nice. I uh, fell in love with Star Wars because of. The oh film. yeah,
1: this. Yeah, I mean, even just the prequels in general. You know, yeah. I. I i always have a soft spot for the prequels.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean... I went through my phase when I was, like, in my late teens of how I was like, oh, the prequels are the worst, they're shit, I hate them. But, like, I've come out the back of that and been like, no, I." there are reasons I loved these films, and there are reasons I still love these films.
1: Yeah. I mean, Phantom Menace, for a long time, was was the worst one for me.
0: For a long time, it was my favourite. <laughs>
1: Uh, it was it, it, for a long time. It was my worst one, and then the Rise of Skywalker was released. <laughs>
0: funny.
1: Except for like two. That. Yeah, but now fucking, we'll get to that in that episode. But 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 yeah, growing up, I always loved. I always loved the prequel You know, like you said, it really got me into Star Wars, and it? it. Yeah. I can I can understand why this film isn't very good. Because
0: it isn't very but, good.
1: Because <laughs> it is quite shit. But, but it's got a lot of problems. What's a, what's a, yeah, what surprises me though is they still obviously this is when Lucas started using a lot of CGI, but at least in this film he still used both CGI and a bit of model effects. Yeah, this was It wasn't to attack of the clones it just went completely green screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I like there's a lot of like uh they should, in like behind the scenes stuff them showing you when they built like the pod the uh, the pod race set how yeah. like, the, the the stands are real, they've got like these real little things serving as like audience members. Yeah. It's really yeah, this film this film is definitely like it is different to the the originals, but like let's look at it from like the perspective of like this was the first Star Wars film we probably both saw.
1: Yeah, I yeah this was the this was yeah this was the first film I I first star wars film I would have probably watched. And then I, I think I remember, I remember going to see this, um, not well, not not in the cinema, but I remember seeing this at home with my dad, mm. and he showed me this on. Uh, it might have been VHS at the time or DVD. It definitely I can't would have been VHS. Um, I see, I
0: see.
1: And then yeah, and then I remember loving it, and then going to my nan's later that week, and she had the original trilogy on VHS, and then I sat down and watched those for the first time with my nan and my dad. So you know this. I think what I like, what I do like about this film, isn't because of the film itself. It's the memories that come with it. Yeah, I've and the just, kind of
0: just um, I've I just from just remembering remembering it. Uh, I didn't see the the uh, the originals until they were released on DVD in two thousand and four. Jesus. Um, but I knew the plots like somehow. Oh, okay, Um, yeah. I remember there being a thing, I found it online recently, actually. There used to be a thing on the second, on episode two's video that played before the film that was like a recap of the entire Star Wars story, but obviously without episode three, because that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. And that was how I knew everything that happened in the originals, to the point where like, it had been such a long time since my mum had seen the first Star Wars, like A New Hope. That when we were watching the video, uh the DVD, sorry, she thought it was it ends after Obi Wan dies. Oh shit. And I was like, No, there's the Death Star stuff. <laughs> like she didn't like turn it I off think- or anything, but she was like getting to the point where it's like, oh, okay, it's getting late, you know, the film's probably about to end. And I was like, No, no, there's the Death Star stuff still. <laughs> like I knew it because but I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That was just yeah. I think just something I remembered about. Well, we're talking about Star Wars, obviously. Obviously, we're not talking about the originals, but yeah, that was my introduction to the originals. Was this little? It was like a little thing narrated by uh, C three PO. I love that. Um, the video is ridiculous, but
1: and I should hate C three PO though. Just, sorry, them. I just do.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't get. You don't, I don't get the hate for C three PO. It's probably just because everyone else hates him. He's not that annoying.
1: <laughs> like, I just I find him infuriating. Fair enough. I've always been an R two guy.
0: I mean, I like R two, but they're a duo. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> they're, meant true. To,
0: they're meant to be a duo. They're always they're always together, apart from when they're split up in Episode Five.
1: But no, but it's like it's like it's like you said. Like going back to that thought of the reason I like this film is there is there is moments in the film I love, but oh, yeah. the the overall feeling for this film is is more than the, the nostalgia and the memories it brings for me. Mm-hmm. But. In terms of stand-up, you know, stand-up moments, to be fair, I mean, the pod race will always be... When I first watched it, it was, was amazing. I remember really enjoying it. It is
0: really good. But, se- but, it is a really interesting, but the stat- good sequence. It's really well done, the pod race. Like, you definitely feel it. Like, it's... It, it is fast, and it's like... But yeah, some people do complain it's too long. And, yeah, I can see it. We don't need a whole segment in the film that's a race that we know Manigan's going to win. But it's like, yeah, it, there's a lot... There's a lot going on in it. Then it does. I do like. I don't. I like the pod race still.
1: Yeah, I really like the pod race, but I think I think I think the strongest part of this film is the is the third act when they when they finally get back to Naboo. Well, when the battle starts and then yeah. you know they the Obi Wan and Qui come face to face with Darth Maul, and you get Jewel of the Fates for the first time. I remember hearing that for the first time and looking at my dad going, "Ooh, ooh not realizing in like fucking 20 years i will be listening to it on repeat all the time
0: oh yeah it's a brilliant sequence and I mean this is some of it's some of um, John Williams' best music yeah oh I, yeah Jewel of the Fates is
1: one of his strongest
0: I mean John Williams music's incredible either way throughout all these Star Wars films
1: John Williams is great
0: except for I actually am not a big fan of the he's, Rise of Skywalker he's, he's truly
1: truly fantastic
0: the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack feels very like by the books Sorry, we've just had to cut a bit out again. We've just suddenly jumped at us saying sorry. Um, yeah, there's been audio issues today, so
1: yeah, apologies. Internet, internet troubles. That's the problem with with uh, being in a pandemic as well. Is that you do a lot via the internet, and and your internet goes quite a lot. Yeah. So um, be- purely for dedication purposes, and because I love Connor and this podcast so much, I am now currently using my phone. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop this podcast.
0: Something will eventually. Um, so <laughs> there, there are probably some audio issues on Harry's part. There's not much I can do to change that now through the podcast. So,
1: Yeah, apologies if you can't hear me very well.
0: I've turned him up as loud as I can and everything. Hopefully that's I not too t- loud. If it is, I'll just scrap this podcast. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I will try and project my voice as loud as I can.
0: And it could just be I can't hear you so loud because I've got my headphones turned down just in case they do interfere with the mic. Um, speak with. We'll people. see what happens in post. Oh, hello, it's me. Okay, yeah, you sound better on my end. Maybe hopefully you're not too loud for the audience. If you are, this is gonna be an awful sounding podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we were just obviously we were just talking about the music. Um, yeah, you know, John Williams, great, great composer. Of course, he is.
1: I mean, look, I mean, he's always had great tracks, right? And he, and he, but for for me, I feel like it's the, it's the prequels where he, and and, and this might just purely be my opinion, but it's the prequels where we got the most distinctive, memorable tracks from like Jewel of the Fates, Battle of the Heroes. um, Yeah. What,
0: what, sorry, um, but yeah, what we, got in the originals, we, we got a lot of the themes, like we've got a lot of the, the popular themes in Star Wars that are, are that occur throughout the franchise. Well, yeah. The, so the prequels gave us a lot of standalone tracks like Jewel of the Fates, which has been used ever since in other things. It's used in all three films of the prequels. Um, Is it really? Yeah, it's used... Uh, when Anakin's going through the desert on the speeder in episode 2 and it's used uh, during Yoda and uh, em- the Emperor's Battle.
1: Oh my god, yes,
0: of course it is. It's used in all three films. Then um, you've got the the love theme in episode 2.
1: I mean, Across the Stars is... is
0: Spectacular.
1: Yeah, it's one of, if not the strongest one.
0: I did a tweet what? about it, but I can't remember what I said about it. It
1: is, it is easily one of the strongest... Um one of his strongest tracks i mean i think for me my favorite john williams track is it's different because it's between obviously the actual force theme or it's or it's um battle of the heroes from episode three i've always had a, a, a strong love for the Mustafar sequence and, and and battle of the heroes but um, i can i can yeah. see i can see why across the stars at least for the prequels, might be the strongest.
0: There it is. Yeah, I said my tweet was "Across the Stars" isn't just an amazing song; it's a truly incredible experience. It takes you through every emotion. It's uplifting, dark, and tragic all at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that.
0: Um, it's yeah, it's a brilliant track. Uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite track from the prequels. I'm gonna just do it. Is probably it probably is "Across the Stars." But we'll talk more about Episode Two soundtrack when we get there. From Episode One, like "Jewel of the Fates" is obviously a standout track. Like, oh yeah, for,
1: for episode one, "Jewel of the Face" is in the track. That's um, the one you think of whenever you think of the the, the, the movie.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, um, I'm trying to see if I can find like a track list that, without opening Spotify. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Anakin's theme is pretty good.
1: Oh actually, yeah, no, I do like Anakin's theme. Um, here we go. Phantom Menace soundtrack. Forget that. I've got. No internet, so I,
0: oh no, no I'm, I've got it. I've got it up on Wikipedia. Fucking hell, there's a, there's like an alternate cover that's just Darth Maul's face, but it's like in blue. What
1: the fuck? Oh yeah, I just saw. What the fuck?
0: That's terrifying. I um, don't like that. It was all about the the uh, the soundtrack spoiling the film because it came out before the film, and uh, the one of the tracks is Qui Gon's noble end.
1: <laughs> I like actually. I like the music. That plays across the funeral for Qui Gon. This is that also shown again also, in episode three.
0: Yeah, it also plays at Padme's funeral and yeah, and really, Anakin's rebirth as Darth Vader. Yeah, I love the uh, I the, really end really bit, like the end bit. The end bit. The the band
1: like
0: it's great. It's got some good good tracks that film. Actually, when like you listen through it all,
1: I think I think. For the Phantom Menace, I think the strongest thing about it is probably the soundtrack.
0: Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think it's very. It's thinking about it, like yeah, um, it's it is a film that does suffer a lot from uh, some poor direction. Like the actors don't always seem like they want to be there.
1: I mean, what do you what do you think of this this uh, infamous? How long was the cut? They say is locked away in in Lucasfilm.
0: Apparently, there's like four hours worth of. Film or something like that, like Jeez. even longer than that, maybe. But yeah, that I was, was... going to say like
1: eight. But yeah. that's
0: also like that's everything. That's like absolutely everything. So deleted scenes and stuff like that, and that and like deleted scenes are deleted for a reason. Like, yeah, all it means is that George Lucas wrote a very long script and he was like put everything in it, and then at the end it was like, yeah, maybe, maybe this isn't right. Um, because apparently, yeah, like the original um pod race is forty minutes long.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Um we'll never see that cut and it's also matthew wood i think that said that that exists and someone else then it's like are these people we can trust about it uh there's matthew wood that was like i've seen the full cut of the phantom menace and it's really good and it's like okay um it's not the film though we've got the we've got the film
1: yeah and um, i mean i think it would i think it would be remiss to talk about the phantom menace and not talk about um, Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker, Armad what... best as Jar Jar Binks.
0: I, I'll touch more on the Armad best thing because he got a lot of abuse for like, obviously. He... Well, I mean, Armad best I like is good. Is a good story because he's beloved by Star Wars fans now.
1: Yeah, you know, no, but you know what, right? He is genuinely really good in the role. He's not. Oh, he does what he
0: bad. He, he does what he was supposed to, and he's the most emotive actor in the entire cast and I can imagine from yeah. George Lucas's direction that's quite hard to do he's,
1: he's, he's the most fucking emotive and engaging in that film
0: like Jar Jar Binks I mean, yeah you can argue he's quite insufferable and it, but like kids loved him
1: yeah don't get me wrong right? I'm not a fan of Jar Jar Binks and right? everyone, w- However, ev-
0: everyone went through their edgy teenager phase where they're like oh George, Jar Binks is the worst but like he's he's fine
1: yeah he belongs in this universe like, like yeah i didn't i didn't like jar jar binks but i didn't hate him i did i did genuinely think Ahmed best was good in the role and he deserved none of what he i mean i'm happy now that he's quite beloved in in, in yeah. the star wars you know um, in the star wars first but it's sad that it's, it took 20 odd years for him to become beloved you yeah know what i mean
0: and yeah it is, it's a sad it's, it is a sad story in the case of jake lloyd um it kind of did it did ruin his life but you can't blame that on Star Wars. I
1: you... <laughs> uh, No, yeah, I wouldn't. I personally don't think you could blame that on Star like, Wars. I know
0: he did a lot of, like, said that Star Wars ruined his life. I was like, no, the fans ruined it. Like, the Star Wars fans can be very, very toxic.
1: And, you know, there's points, he's not gr- he's not amazing in the film, but I wouldn't say he's terrible. He's a point. kid. There's points where he's all right. He's yeah, a he's, kid. He's a kid. He's a kid and it's one of his first roles.
0: Um, Well, he was, oh, excuse me, he was in Jingle All The Way. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Actually, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um yeah, no. Uh and George Lucas liked to cast unknowns, he did it for the first Star Wars film relatively. Um so yeah it is a, it is kind of a sad story in the regards of Jake Lloyd, his life has just been a downward spiral ever since. And can yeah. think that he was nine when he did the film, it's yeah, it's yeah. Um
1: Yeah, it's it's I it's sad and I do genuinely feel for the guy. Yeah, and, um, like, it,
0: it led to a lot of, like, not just bullying from Star Wars fans, but he still did, like, conventions for a long time. The yeah, bit... and also,
1: he... I think we all forget, he was still at school. Oh, of course, you know I mean, mean, yeah. He, he was going to school and just getting shit ripped out of him, when, at natural fact, people should be going, fucking hell, you are in a Star Wars film. I mean, right? I,
0: I went to school and everyone had the shit ripped out... Everyone ripped the shit out of me, like, so... I didn't, Yeah, so I my, uh... was...
1: I was I was ruined.
0: <laughs> I was ruined just for liking Star Wars. <laughs> Mate, yeah.
1: Imagine, I mean.
0: Imagine I was, being I in to, Star Wars. I was gonna
1: say at <laughs> the table, like imagine liking Star Wars and also loving Doctor Who and Power. Like you were, I was I mean, yeah, I loved all racist. those kinds of things, but yeah.
0: I was. I hate. It's like I mean, the thing is, people were into a lot of the same stuff when I was in school, like as well. Like for example, the two bit the, the biggest things that I remember people being into that like if it felt like there was a phase when it was bad to be into those things was like when Pokemon was at its like height back then and like Beyblade and stuff like that Like everybody seemed to like that stuff yeah I think the difference is, is I just never stopped liking Pokemon
1: <laughs>
0: um but yeah no, yeah it's I don't know school's weird I don't want to talk about school I hate school
1: <laughs> yeah back to back to back to Star back Wars back to Star
0: Wars and how yeah um yeah, if you want to go like critically yeah the film struggles from things like not having a main character
1: yeah it does struggle on who to focus on it should, have, what, it should have been Obi-Wan it should, no 100% it should have been it should have focused on Obi-Wan from the get go like um, and even if, and his relationship with Anakin yeah
0: it should have been Obi-Wan and Anakin I don't get why Qui-Gon is there I think it's because because apparently it was originally Obi-Wan but then they wrote Qui-Gon was essentially created for Liam Neeson I think Okay. So what I think it was was they were like, "Let's just approach who whoever we want to approach, like some big actors, and see who comes, and then we'll create a role for them." Right. Okay. Kind of thing. So I feel like he went. He probably because apparently, obviously, Liam Neeson accepted the role without reading the script.
1: I mean, yeah. If you look after the, the success of the originals, if George Lucas came up to you and was like, um, "I'm making a Star Wars film," you'd go, "I'm fucking yeah, all right, I'm in."
0: Yeah, um, wouldn't No of course But yeah it does obviously you know Suffer from that a little bit uh, And it suffers from the fact that George Lucas isn't A brilliant director Like No he, and,
1: he, and don't don't be wrong
0: But he's even spoken about the kind of films that he would have loved to make He wanted to be an experimental filmmaker And Star Wars was kind of like Oh I have this really cool idea I want to make And all his like director friends were like yeah you should do it So he did it And then it became the biggest thing on the planet <laughs> And he was, you know, yeah. stuck to it essentially. Like he wanted to be an experimental filmmaker, but yeah, yeah, he didn't really get that chance because Star Wars. And I mean, I mean, and it's not. It's like I'm not saying our oh, poor George Lucas became really rich and famous because of Star Wars. Like, <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, don't he? Like, that's why the next two Star Wars films weren't directed by him. Like Episode Four and uh, Episode Five and Six.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. He made he made he he's he created this world. Yeah. He, you know, this is all from him and you can't you can't deny you know the genius that that went into creating this this world in the first place. But then you know when it when it came to um doing the prequels, you know, he there's a point where you have to then Separate yourself and say, right, I should stay on in a creative capacity, but maybe let someone else direct. No, maybe did. that's what you should have done.
0: George Lucas did approach many directors to do it. No one, everyone told him he should do it. Really? Yeah. Apparently, loads of people were approached. Ron Howard was approached to do the pre to do episode one. He asked Steven Spielberg.
1: Shit! Yeah, oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, no, loads of people were asked to do it, and they all said to George Lucas because he's all they're all friends, aren't they? He, they all told him, yeah, you should do it. And then it was a it was a part. It's part, partly that George Lucas was also surrounded by a lot of yes men that were just like he. No one told. Yeah, no one told him. There was no one there to like hold him back. No one there to really tell him no for certain things and and say, "Oh, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't do that." No, he. It was all he wrote it and directed it himself, and basically produced it himself. Like Rick McCallum was there, but he was just a yes man.
1: I think you can you can you can see that in this.
0: And there's also that clip of um when after he sat down with his like people and they all watched the film. There's a clip where he says maybe we went a little too far in some places. Like even he was like, oh okay, maybe this isn't great.
1: Well, yeah, no, there's the famous story of when he showed he showed the producers the, the 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 very first cut of the Phantom Menace, and they all just turned to him and went what the fuck was that and even he was a bit uh, yeah no he's
0: uh, yeah like i don't know i don't know it it has a it does have good ideas i think and there's some good like setup for things in it as well like (laughs) yeah but it does suffer from being a film that feels like it's trying it doesn't even feel like like it feels most really separate from the rest of the trilogy yeah. Like, ton- I can see that. Like tonally and the way it's shot and stuff like that. Um, all the characters, you know, it feel it's weird. It's it's a weird one, The Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%.
0: But um do you want um, to do wanna... I was gonna say I don't know what else I can really say about Phantom Menace. Um
1: what I was actually going to suggest is obviously we have our we have our rating system now. Yeah. Um And I've been... We actually... uh,
0: uh, Yeah, I know... Yeah, uh, we'll do the rate... I think we should do ratings for these. Yeah, but first, I want to mention something else to do with this Star Wars film, which is um, the Weird Al Yankovic parody song, uh, The Saga Begins, which is a parody of American Pie. Fucking incredible. Great song, but uh, do you want to know a little bit about it? I do. That I am fascinated about. So... um, for the song, Yankovic uh, gathered most of the information he needed to write the song through internet spoilers and like leaks. Um, oh, wow! Lucasfilm declined his request for an advanced screening, and Yankovic—I always go to say Yankovic, but it's Yankovic—eventually uh, uh, attended a costly pre-screening that was for charity, um, so he could get the film, he get his song perfected to get it ready to release. Right. Um. Through the internet leaks and uh, by bef- before the charity screening, Yankovic had almost correctly predicted the entire plot.
1: I adore that. But
0: that's that. Like, this this means that like there must have been a lot of big leaks out there back then. Um, on an internet that isn't you know, <laughs> well that wasn't in its height like it is these days. Um, no, yeah, of
1: course, yeah.
0: But its I think it's a really, like, for example, the songs from the point of view of Obi-Wan, which the film isn't. It's
1: also genuinely just a great song. Oh, well. no,
0: it's it's a brilliant song. I remember when I first heard it, I fell in love with it. Actually, I think the first time I heard it was it's on, on the Blu-ray for the complete saga. There's a disc that's just like a lot of, like, things in, like, parody things that are influenced by Star Wars. Yeah. So it shows, like, I think it shows, like, clips from Robot Chicken and stuff like that. Um, and it shows the entire music video the Weird Al did. Oh, okay. And it's it, it, that was my first like introduction to that song, and it's great. It's a brilliant song. Um, but but yeah, it's it's so weird <laughs> that like he managed to almost like predict the plot completely just through leaks, and he said he had to make like minor changes, and that was it. Love that. Great, great song as well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely love that.
0: Yep, that's just I just wanted to mention that because you know I think that's one of the big one of the bigger things to come out of episode one. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad like, you mentioned it. 100. Not like the biggest thing to come out of episode one. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah, like it's a yeah. um Would you would you would you like to rate? His... rate?
1: Should we rate the films as we go? Or <sighs> we do I don't
0: end? I don't know about rating the films because it's hard because it isn't a great film but it's still Star Wars and I still love it.
1: (laughs) I think... Let's rate each one as we go. This is... I don't
0: don't know. You go first. I always go first.
1: Okay. Um, I'm scared. (laughs) I... Oh, this is genuinely really hard.
0: It's, I feel like if we're saying it doesn't get a microphone, it feels unfair. But if we're saying it does get a smoking microphone, it's like it isn't a great film. It doesn't film. deserve it. Like I don't know. Like this is, but we only have. This is where, like, we can only have one one choice or the other.
1: <laughs> this is where we've shot ourselves in the foot in having a middle option. We can only have one choice um, or the
0: other. That's why I'm like maybe we don't rate it because it's already like a it's like an older film. Like we, we rate, rate the newer stuff we watch. No, I think we need to go through. I'm,
1: I'm, right. My reasoning for both. Right? I'm going to give my reasoning for both and then give my official answer. Right. I would give it a smoking microphone because of because of stuff like Jewel of the Fates mm-hmm. and um the final battle and the nostalgia and the memories it brings me for my yeah. know, for being with my family. I wouldn't give it a smoking microphone because it, as a film, it is not as strong or that much of a good film. No, it's a hard watch. I'm, I, Yeah, I think I'm, I love it so much purely because of, because of the fact it's Star Wars and when you take it out, when you take that away and, and think of it as a film, Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give it a smoking
0: microphone. Yeah, I I settled on my answer when, like, yeah, I'm not... I can't give it a smoking microphone, unfortunately, either. But I will say one thing uh, that I thought about... I actually talked to my mum about the other day, is um, when I went to see Godzilla vs. Kong recently in the cinema... um, Yeah. There was quite a few kids there, and I said to my mum as a joke, like, last night, not... but this is a week after we've seen it, uh, I said to her, I think it's quite funny that there were quite a lot of kids at this Godzilla-Kong movie... When when King Kong, the original King Kong, not the original, but when the King Kong film that came out in like the two thousands came out, you wouldn't have taken kids to that. Yeah. So it's one of those things. is like when did Godzilla and Kong become like kids movies? And then like there was at one point when I I uh, I think uh, like a dad left with his son or something like that, and they obviously didn't come back. Like towards the end as well. Like not even at the end. Like close to the ending similarly and i said to my mom like i find i feel sorry for parents that like bring their kids to a film and then like because the kids probably lost interest or something they just have to leave yeah for sure <laughs> and then i said to my mom how oh, I, well, I was never like that and she's like no you weren't and i was like i guess i've always had that love of cinema then like you know when you get people that tell stories about like oh the first time i went to the cinema i fell in love with it kind of thing yeah i feel like that's what The the Menace must have been for me because if it's the first film I remember seeing in the cinema and I did I fell in love with it like I love Star Wars and I've never been one of those people to act up in a cinema or something like that so yeah but I can't in good faith give it the award because of that it's an award I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna have to go with you and this is gonna be not a microphone from either of us then
1: no Mark and I think I do think it's for the best
0: yeah, yeah. It's it's still Star Wars. Like I still love it because it's Star Wars, and I did. I have. I've had a lot of love for this film.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Unfortunately, let's let's move on to something I've actually been quite excited to talk to to talk to you about. Because I know I can't wait for you to talk about uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. But before you before we do, let me give some statistics. As we as we like to do, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones is a 2002 uh, film. Once again, directed and written by George Lucas. However, it was also had a screenplay by Jonathan Hales. But the story itself was was George Lucas. Uh, its budget was 115 million dollars, and its box office was 653.8 million. So, not as big of a of, of a of a box no. office profit with, no. uh, than Phantom Menace. But I guess you know, with the Phantom Menace, it had been. A long time since a Star Wars film.
0: Oh wow, that co—that um, sorry, that that co-writer did the—he was did the story for the Scorpion King.
1: Jesus fucking Christ! But I think he was more—he
0: um, was more of a, a screenplay writer that George Lucas brought on, yeah, because the story was by him. Anyway, carry on.
1: Uh, development of Attack of the Clones began in March 2000, mm-hmm. a couple of months after the Phantom Menace. Um, and it was it, pr- it was primarily shot in Sydney, Australia. It was with additional footage in Tunisia, Spain, and Italy. Um, it was one of the it was oh, uh, one also, of the
0: first. Sorry, also they did a lot of um they did a lot of studio stuff in. Uh, it might not say that not a lot. They did some studio stuff in uh, Ealing Studios. Nice, nice,
1: um, nice, nice, nice,
0: nice. Which, um, if for those who don't know, it was across the road from my uni
1: <laughs> Yep. Uh, it was one of the first motion pictures shot completely on a high-definition digital 24 frame weight system. Yep, And the film the film stars Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Hayden Christensen, Ian McDermott, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Christopher Lee, Anthony Daniels, uh, Kenny Baker, Frank Oz, with music by John Williams, uh, yep. cinematography by, by David Tatchell, Tattersall. David yep. Tattersall. Um, and obviously there was a lot more uh, casting in this, but that was the that's the main cast, um, I should
0: say. We'll also say the actor that played uh, Captain Panaka, uh, Hugh Quashi. How do he say his last name? I want to
1: say... Quashi. Quashi. Qu- yeah, yeah, he you know, didn't return for this one. He
0: didn't return for this one because he requested to see the script beforehand.
1: And they said, no, fuck off. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's brilliant that out of everyone, he's the one that went, <laughs> I want to see the script, and they went, well, fuck off.
1: <laughs> they literally just went... Nah, you, we're just gonna get someone So they got someone else so, to play the role,
0: and who actually my friend thought was the same guy, and I'm like, no, that's someone completely different. That's some New Zealander. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: Jay Lagaya Legai-
0: Lagaya? Lagaya. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to um, butcher that any further. Let's just. just... He's
1: very. He's, he's very known to start in uh, Home and Away in Australia.
0: He's yeah, New Zealand Australian actor for
1: uh, a few years. Uh but yeah. We also got Joel so, Edgerton as Owen Lars who's coming back. We did. Uh, and Bonnie uh Bonnie PS Price? PS PS-y? PS. Yeah. We're fucking horrible with names.
0: I'm good with some names like uh Jimmy
1: Smith, what Jimmy Smith?
0: Jimmy Smith as Bale Organa who they don't actually name him in the film like he is Bail Organa in the film obviously but he's never given like no one says his name on screen. Yep. which is funny. Um, and I would also like to shout out another returning Star Wars actor in Temuera Morrison as Jango Fett and the clones. Yep. Who's obviously back in the franchise now as Boba Fett again, as Boba Fett again. Sorry, as Boba Fett. <laughs> he was Jango Fett in this um, film.
1: Um. But yeah, look, we are, look, This is. Ugh. I'm gonna let Connor go first. Also, sorry, sorry, he
0: has... sorry. Rose Burns in this film. <laughs>
1: She
0: is, yeah, she played um one of the Pabnia gu- ra- yeah, uh, yeah, Dorme is her name. And one of the guards on the pla- on the plane, on the ship when they arrive at Coruscant, played uh, Michael Moon on his tenders
1: Yes he did.
0: I, I I only point that out because um even though he was an awful person, Michael Moon was one of my favourite characters on his tenders and was the only reason I watched for a bit. And then I stopped watching for a long time and then my cousin stuck it on one day and it was the episode he died. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh for fuck's sake. Well, <laughs> yep. any- I was like, he's the only character I like. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, and he, yeah, he just shows up, and I was like, I watched it, and I was like, I had to keep pausing and looking at his face and be like, that's fucking him, isn't it?
1: <laughs> um. So uh... I want to. I I'm gonna let Connor go first because he has a lot of opinions on this film. And I'm very excited for him to get he knows what I'm talking about. I have
0: one specific opinion and it's that it's it is the best Star Wars (laughs) film.
1: Now a lot of people listening to this will go, Oh fuck off. And I don't look I don't necessarily agree with him, but I say give him a chance to explain because what he says does actually have some logic to it.
0: There are some Bits you can call out in this for being oh it's a bit too convoluted it's a lot of oh it needs to go certain ways and there's some stupid stuff in there which I will touch on but the thing I want to say mainly is that it's a very intelligent plot from the perspective of Palpatine everything in the film that happens happens according to his plan yep he is obviously orchestrating the attack against uh, Padme. Um, I'm going to need you to interject occasionally because I'm going to be thinking a lot because I haven't thought about this for a little bit.
1: No, sorry, of uh, course. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, he's uh, he's obviously orchestrating the attacks for against Padme. So he's like, okay, she needs protection then. And then he goes to the Jedi for protection and is like, you know who should, who should do it? Uh, Obi-Wan. Because, you know, he knows her and obviously Anakin's his apprentice and Anakin's obviously who Palpatine wants to be his apprentice eventually, as we find out in episode uh, three. Um, So that happens, and there's uh, obviously another attack, and then... Which is the most convoluted part, because (laughs) Palpatine tells Count Dooku, who tells Jango Fett... (laughs) Who gets Zam Wessel, who uses a bunch of bugs to kill Padme. It's the most convoluted... It's...
1: it's You know what? As convoluted plots go, it fucking goes for it. it? It's like, it's like Palpatine... Oh,
0: it's so funny, though, because it's like... He could easily just walk in and kill her. Count Dooku could easily yeah. walk in and kill her. Jango Fett could walk in and kill her. Zam Wessel could walk in and kill her. But no, let's get these bugs to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Anyway, yeah. um so obviously the bounty hunter that's hired is from Kamino which leads Obi-Wan on that errand to go and bring the clones to the Republic which he's they've been building for a while obviously under the guise of Dr. Cypher who is a long dead Jedi yeah um, so Obi-Wan goes off to do that while Padme needs protection so who's going to be doing that? It's Anakin so Anakin and Padme go off together which you know gives is going to help Anakin kind of you know disobey his Jedi code a bit because Anakin's obviously in love with Padme he is um, so they get their stuff happening and then I don't, I can't necessarily explain like obviously some things need to happen by circumstance so Anakin's mother dying and Anakin, yes. Anakin having to go to Tatooine obviously Obi-Wan is led to Geonosis he is oh, I don't think I'm getting this right from what I remember talking about it before but basically, everything that happens in the film happens because of because of Palpatine.
1: Palpatine, Palpatine. Is what you're saying is Palpatine basically orchestrates everything to go as planned. Yeah. And yeah, he but he does it well. I didn't say I can't didn't, deny that.
0: I didn't do it justice, but I have spoken about it before to a point where I've just been, like gone really into it. But it's been a while. <laughs> um, But yeah, no, everything in that film is orchestrated by Palpatine, and I think it is done very well, and that's why I really I found a new appreciation for the film when I looked at it from that perspective. Like, like like, that's another thing: getting Padme off world because she is the leading force against the Military Creation Act, which is a plot point in the film. Yeah, in her place, she leaves Jar Jar Binks thinking, "Oh, you can do, you know, you can be my representative. You can lead it." And now Jar Jar's like, "Yeah, cool." And then in that scene, when they're like, oh no, stuff is happening on Geonosis, we need that clone army, Um, Mas Amada, uh, this, you know, Palpatine's side man, (laughs) turns to him and says, like, they're like, oh, who would propose this, you know, giving us, giving me emergency powers. Who would say it? Who would let this happen so we could get the army? And Masamada goes, if only Senator Amidala was here. Which influences Jar Jar Binks to make the poorest decision in the Star Wars universe which is he endorses the military creation act that Padme was actively against. There
1: we go. That's what I was wanting to get to.
0: So that influence, like is the d- reason why the clone army in the Clone Wars begins is you can say, oh yeah, it's because of Jar Jar but it's because of the influence that they have over him by being like yeah, this is something Padme would do and Jar Jar's not bright enough to assume otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's what I mean by like how it's so well orchestrated. Padme's off-world, there's nothing she can do about this. And obviously the Jedi's Jedi are like very clouded and they can't see things that like they used to be able to because of the dark side being in their presence. Yeah. And getting stronger. And then you also get the bit where Count Dooku tells Obi-Wan about Sidious and that. Yep, he does. And I can't quite get why he would tell him. I, mean, if, I don't know if it's like, is he genuine when he's like saying oh, we could destroy him? Or is he just being oh. like trying to sow discord amongst the Jedi and trying to make them 'Cause it then do, I guess it then does lead to the Jedi always suspecting Palpatine.
1: Yeah, I mean I do think it comes from a place of 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 I do think he's being a little genuine in that in that moment. Hmm. Um but I think it's obviously it's clearly obviously for his own personal gain.
0: Yeah. Like uh um, and obviously Palpatine is playing both sides of the war, <laughs> like Smart ass. It's it's brilliant.
1: It's really brilliant. <laughs> now, that's what I mean. What Connor says there is there is There's there is to logic it. to it. There <laughs> is genuine logic to it, and it does it does what he says make sense. I still <sighs> see this is this is a this is a, this is even harder than *Phantom Menace* for me because I, as a kid, and I I just said this about *Phantom Menace*, but as a kid, I genuinely loved this film. Like, I fully. I know people go, this is worse than Phantom Menace. I don't think in any way this is worse than Phantom Menace. I, apart from the green screen.
0: I think, yeah, so it's the, the, the heavy CGI stuff is a bit off-putting. Like, the fact that there wasn't even a single clone costume made for the film. It's all CGI. Yeah. Um, and that's the same for Episode it, 3. But, I think it's the Star Wars film I've seen the most.
1: Yeah, I think it is like, for me as well. I know. don't
0: know why, but I, I feel like it, maybe it's because...
1: I this is one I rewatched a lot as a yeah. kid before um before Revenge of the Sith, yeah. especially it, before Revenge of the Sith came out.
0: And it has it has some of the worst romantic dialogue ever put to film. Oh
1: like, it's, fucking awful. It's
0: insufferable sometimes, but it's like to a point where you can just laugh at it now. Yeah. Um I don't think Hayden Christensen's bad, he has some good moments. Like when i mean they wouldn't have got him back if they didn't think he could still be good as the character to come and do yeah um, i did gen- yeah I know, genuinely don't think he's
1: hes not he's not amazing don't get me wrong but i genuinely don't think he's bad he's not getting the best direction yeah you that you always have to put it down to that as well don't you everyone always goes oh yeah but he can be better no he had he had very poor direction in this film And there's
0: always things uh, like a lot of people say um you can ri- you can write your way around bad acting. You can't act your way out of a bad script.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree with that.
0: Like and the script isn't great. Like of the, the dialogue that he's made to say is is abysmal, especially in that like scene when they're like talking by the fire. Yeah. Like it's and it's the pacing's really weird for that all that as well. Like they're all like happy and like oh yeah, ha, huh, we're frolicking in the grass and then suddenly it's like he's in agony. <laughs> I'm in agony. I also... Every time I see him. The relationship between him and Obi-Wan in this film is so confusing because they hate each other, it feels like.
1: But it, well, if it, yeah, it feels like at one moment like... Anakin's like, oh, he's my master. And, oh, you know, th- I don't want to do anything to his... save him. And then the other minute he goes, I fucking hate. It's guy. That... He's It's
0: literally the scene where he's um like you know Obi Wan's a great mentor. He's as wise as Master Yoda and as powerful as Master Window, Window. And he's like, yeah. You know... And then he starts like going on about how Obi Wan's like, oh, he won't let me move on. He's jealous. He's overly critical. He never listens. He doesn't understand that like stuff. And it's like this is in the same scene where he just said he's a great master.
1: I also love he... the fact you genuinely quoted that word for word. Of course I can. <laughs> and but it, I'm so proud.
0: Do you know, Attack of the Clones is one of the hardest, though, because when you get. Because I'd have done it, like, tried to read through the script and stuff like that. Because later on in the film, it gets really, like, there's so much dialogue that's just like, what is this? <laughs> that's, yeah. like, talking about all the stuff, like, going on in, like, the droid armies and stuff like that. And it's like, well, this is ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, the relationship between Anakin and Obi Wan is weird, to say the least. Um, it's very bizarre. but this. This film, like all of them, has its moments as well. I love the the, the third act again. Like, from the Jedi... Again, yeah, from, the the, third... from the arena on. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, the third
1: act is the strongest. I,
0: again. I've i had people not agree with me on this, but I genuinely love the little scuffle between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett.
1: I don't mind... It's not my favourite, but I don't mind it. I no, it's, rid- a bad it's, scene. it's ridiculous. It's fun.
0: But I really like it. It's a really nice little scuffle. <laughs> um... And then, obviously, I love. I don't. I like the little little space bit they get with obviously the seismic charges. One of the greatest sound effects ever put to cinema. <laughs> Fucking, I was so good. So happy when they brought it back for the Mandalorian. <laughs> Mate,
1: I remember. I remember this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it was, what I want. Yeah. It, that
0: scene in the Mandalorian when, like, the, when Slave One's flying up and like when he obviously uses the seismic charge. I up comp- until that point, I'd completely forgotten they were a thing. And as soon as that back bit opened and the seismic charge was there, I was like, oh, no, they've done it. I was like, yeah. But, and yeah, I fucking love the seismic charges. But, um, and I also really, I know we don't get much of it, but the sequence where Anakin finds his mother and then proceeds to murder the sand people, the Tuscan Raiders.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's genuinely a, a hard scene to watch.
0: Like that is Hayden Christensen at his best. That's yeah. what he's really good at. He can do the the Anakin, the dark Anakin stuff better than he can just Anakin in general. Yeah, no, he's
1: genuinely um, fantastic at, as um in the dark in the dark Anakin yeah. stuff. And I think he is good in this film. I do think his his strong point is uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um, the figures the figures for me is I I loved this film growing up yeah but there's not as many standout moments for me in this and like yes you have the arena and i love the arena battle um and you've got across the stars which is a fucking amazing theme like we yeah, spoke I'll about talk
0: about the soundtrack but, a little bit in a second i'll get it up
1: yeah but there's there's not as many standout moments in the film as there are say in episode one or episode three yeah i prefer this film to episode one I, don't, yeah. I, 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 I just don't know
0: why. Yeah, over the last couple of years, specifically ever since I figured out the stuff about how it is, like, the film is, like, obviously... It's not hidden. Like, it's obvious that this is very much going according to Palpatine's plan. But yeah. But when there are the little bits in there where you're like, oh, the reason why he suggests Obi-Wan is because of his plan. Like, everything he's doing is for his plan. Like, he doesn't want to kill Padme because he doesn't need to. He just needs to get rid of her for a bit. Like... So he can get yeah. the, the army. Like He needs Padme alive because of the influence she has to get people to follow her and then subsequently he can get them to follow him. Yeah. Like, I think George Lucas is very, very good at writing these things. But when he has to then also have the... When he brings in the drama and the, the character moments is where he really suffers. Yeah. And I honestly think that's some of the weakest stuff in all of Star Wars apart from maybe the sequels I guess but like I will say yeah my appreciation for this film has just gone up so much in the past couple of years
1: I think yeah no uh, yeah, yeah
0: I think from a storytelling perspective is where I can I can see it and it's like yeah I can see how it really sets up the clone Wars like obviously before there was going to be any sort of clone war stuff because there's only a little bit of clone war stuff actually in episode three but like yeah and it really sets up anakin's descent to the dark side
1: yeah no it does handle those things well it does really it does yeah i think i think the weakest part of this film like we said is the direction
0: yeah so really um, the weakest part is really the character interaction stuff yeah, like because that just yeah through the writing and the direction it just doesn't come across as entertaining and there's there's so many moments with Anakin and Padme that are just hard to watch,
1: really fucking hard to watch.
0: But um, with the soundtrack there, there are obviously the Across the Stars great, um, and I really like the the Love Pledge and the Arena tracks.
1: Yeah, I, that's actually I I I which, say Across the Stars is one of my favourite, but the Love Pledge and Arena is probably my favourite track in that film because
0: soundtrack because that the arena music is what part of the arena music is what plays when anakin marches order on the 66. jedi temple on the order 66 bit so um
1: i was i was walking through sorry i was walking through king's cross the other day actually and that i was listening to that track and that part came on just as i reached the top of the the escalators and i proper felt like i was in episode three <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but I will also say uh, there's a part in the soundtrack uh, Zam the Assassin and the Chase Through Coruscant, which is almost exactly the same as a bit from the uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets soundtrack. Chamber of
1: Secrets in the Quidditch match. Yep. yep.
0: When when uh, Harry and Draco are underneath the like the stands. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: um,
0: can... And what that shows is that he was uh, scoring these two films at the same time.
1: Oh, 100%. Um,
0: which is also... Funny because he didn't. Also, I think he also did the score for the Minority Report, another film that came out in the same year. And in that scene, there's a conveyor belt sequence. <laughs> and in Attack of the Clones, there's a conveyor belt sequence. Obviously, Minority Report is directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yep. So you can see how they were influencing each other back then.
1: <laughs> Bless them.
0: All three of those films are forever entwined.
1: <laughs> forever. Um.
0: But yeah. So, there's not much else we can say about this film. I haven't got any, I can't think of any fun facts about it otherwise. No, I
1: think... Yeah, I think the main... The main... um Point we wanted to... I wanted to touch upon was your... your how Palpatine... Yeah. Is fucking super smart. Um <laughs> And I think you've done it pretty well. Yeah. Would you... Would you then... Would you then give... I mean, I feel like I know your answer. Would you give this film a smoking microphone? Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> just because my just because my appreciation of it has gone up. Listen, you don't have to. Don't be influenced by my decision. Make your own decision.
1: No, it's no, it's not because of that. Because the reason I wouldn't write is, is we've not really touched on. Because this was the film where he went fully CG. He, you know, there was no not really any model sets. Yeah, it's... it was all blue screen and green screen, and you can you can really tell. Oh no! With yeah, this, absolutely. There's like so Dexter much. And, and, and the and characters he's...
0: as well. Yeah, obviously with Dexter and stuff like. Yeah, no, it's so it, heavily CGI. It is. It's uncom- It's so clean. Everything's so shiny and clean.
1: It's uncomfortable to watch at points, but then it does help build the story. I do, and again, I I can't explain why, but I loved this film more than the Phantom Menace growing up. but like, I truly this is probably until well before of the Sith came out this was the one I rewatched all the time um I think it's because it feels more
0: action packed as well
1: yeah because of that I I because of because of the nostalgia because of of genuinely seeing how it does actually weirdly influence the plot um and because I I do enjoy it now if I stick it on and because some things, some parts are so bad, it's good. I do, I do love the cringy dialogue, and I love, I love sticking it on with a friend and taking the piss out of it. I, I, because of that reason, I would give it a smoking microphone. It's official.
0: Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised. to be fair, I wouldn't expect you to give it that.
1: I wasn't. I It was very. It was very close. But I, I, I can't. I can't help but if I sit with a friend and put it on, I would enjoy it. I do enjoy watching it. At some points, yes, I enjoy watching it because it's bad, but doesn't, doesn't doesn't take away from my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um. So moving on, let's move on swiftly to Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Uh,
0: released
1: released in two thousand and five, it, it was the third chapter uh, in the prequel trilogy. It was the third and final installment in the Star Wars prequel tri- trilogy, <clears throat> it, and obviously the sixth film to be released overall, directed by George Lucas, su- solely. Solely written by George Lucas this time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It had a budget of 113 million dollars, and it had a box office of 868.4 million. So again, not as big as as um, Episode One. The Phantom Menace, but up but, there again. Uh, still, yeah, still quite successful. um It was the second highest grossing film worldwide in 2005. It holds the record for a highest opening day gross on a Thursday for $50 million. It had its premiere at the Cannes Film Festival, which I didn't actually realise. And it received fairly positive uh, reviews with praise for the action sequences, mature themes, score, visual effects, darker tone, and um, in particular, the performances of McGregor, McDermott, Oz, and Jimmy Smits, Um, (laughs) and the criticising of the dialogue. And aspects of Christensen's performance. Yep. It stars Hugh McGregor, Natalie Portman, Hay- Hayden Christensen, Ian McDermott, um Samuel Jackson, Christopher Lee, Anthony Daniels, Kelly Baker, Frank Oz, amongst yep. many, many others. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins first and and kind of know this, but I fucking love this film. Genuinely I, I don't actually think it's a bad film. I genuinely think it's a good film. It is.
0: <coughs> it is a good film.
1: Um, how about you, Connor?
0: I just said it is. It is a good film. I
1: just yeah. I I this is the this is. I just I love it. I can't help it. I genuinely love it. I think yes, there are bad moments still, um, but I do think it's a it's. It's a much solid improvement on the first two. I think the standout moments in this are some of the blood. Like, for example, the Order 66 is one of the best scenes in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Order
0: 66 um, sequence is, yeah, it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Because you I, feel I like it. The, yeah. It's an I impactful like moment
0: scene. that yeah, it works.
1: Yeah. It, it's, to this day, it still makes me sad when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um I like the interaction and the chemistry between McGregor and Christensen. I think it's a little bit uh, better. They
0: are not even together for most of the film. <laughs> Again. No, no, I mean like for the begin- for the beginning <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of it's all right. adventure. I'm, I'm still a bit yeah, it's it's a bit forced, but yeah.
1: And I think I think Ewan McGregor is is tr- genuinely, truly shines in this film. I think he's the strongest performer in this. And I quite like Hayden Christensen as well. I do think Hayden Christensen is good in this film. Yeah. Um they're alright
0: yeah, all right. yeah. Um, I love that the film does start the way it starts like it's the two ships just like flying you know side by side and then they just go down past this uh, one of the I guess Star Destroyer whatever you want to call it um, yeah and then there's just this intense space battle going on
1: yeah like it's it's insane <laughs> that is quite a nice
0: a nice opening shot as well and I, it's the it's the sh- like you know obviously when it pans down from space and it's the shot of like the the star destroyer flying over um public cruise or whatever you want to call it flying over coruscant and that there's that just that drum those drums
1: yes like yes, yes, yes i yes, love yes. that
0: like that's not even in the soundtrack the soundtrack just goes straight into it after the opening crawl theme um but yeah, that's that's brilliant. I love it. The building of that moment, um, and then it isn't really a space battle as much as it's just these two ships just flying past everything,
1: just trying to get to where they need to go. <laughs> yeah, so like we get
0: the the buzz droid stuff, which is a bit
1: yeah. <laughs> but have you noticed the shield system up? Yeah,
0: it's it's yeah yeah. I don't know. I it's a good film. I do sometimes get a bit bored watching this one. Because there is a lot in the middle where nothing is happening.
1: Yeah, again, I think we like with all the prequels, the strongest act is the is is the final act. Oh yeah, um, and that's the case with all the prequels, I think.
0: I like the uh, General Grievous stuff, like uh, Obi Wan versus General Grievous stuff. I the like...
1: infamous "Hello there."
0: Yep. Well, it's not even the first "Hello there." The first "Hello there is in Episode Four. True. He says it when he sees R two D two. He's like,
1: "Hello there." <laughs> I love it but, um, but yeah. yeah I do I, I do think this, yeah the, I do think the stand up moments in this really do stand out again like the Order 66 um, sequence mm-hmm. um, and the the, the, the battle on Mustafar that yep. you know I, I think I don't mind the Yoda and Palpatine battle it's fine but for me it's all about the Obi-Wan and Anakin oh, yeah, battle no. and I, underst- I, I understand it, it does feel more like a dance and choreography you can tell you can see the choreography in it yes yeah, get that
0: it's very heavily choreographed and you know this it's, because is like they they practiced it for for weeks and stuff like that like, <laughs> like
1: and you know there is bits that are silly you know when they uh you know there is bits when they're just fucking twirling the lightsabers next to each other and they're not even hitting each other; they're twirling them
0: yeah i love but, that i love that <laughs> that's ridiculous
1: i i love i love that battle because of it, it does feel like a culmination, you know. It does feel like it's been built up.
0: Aside and, from aside from both battles between Luke and Vader in Episode Five and Six, it's the most. It's the one. It's the battle with one of the some of the most emotional weight in Star Wars.
1: i yeah. i yeah. It, it. I fully go through the emotions in
0: it. Yeah. Like you, you know, um, you watch this as like it is. You know these two people that like. I guess it's it's harder to see it when you watch just the prequels, but then if you watch things like the Clone Wars as well, and it it does add to a lot of the moments in this film.
1: Yeah, I respect I respect this film a lot more having seen some of not even all of, but some of the, the Clone Wars.
0: You need to um, you need to watch all of the Clone Wars, and it will re- t- really make you like, especially what the last season of the Clone Wars. I think is gonna make it, it's yeah, it's helped this film a lot. The Clone Wars. <laughs>
1: yeah and I yeah I I love it, it, it has just got so much emotional weight to it that that final that final battle it really does work yeah and I, I I think both McGregor and Christensen are good I think McGregor's better
0: yeah no in that
1: sequence uh, um, I yeah. do I do love the fact that Anakin's choking out Padme and he's just standing there all sassy on the ship instead of you know at least force pushing anakin away i actually saw something um,
0: about that recently that made me think oh wait that's that's kind of true so you know in episode six everyone's like oh anakin's redeemed he's a he's a good guy you know obviously vader you know vader is defeated and then anakin is redeemed in episode six yeah so yeah anakin's a good guy now uh is he he didn't murder children and physically abuse his wife who was carrying children
1: yeah, I wouldn't say he's fully redeemed. It's one of those things where moment.
0: you look at it from those kinds of moments, and you're like, "Yeah, how can you like this guy anymore?" You can say, "You can say, oh, but it was the Jedi that made him go turn this way," and it's like he didn't have to hurt his wife and kill children. <laughs>
1: you see, for me, in that moment, I I never fully go, "Oh no, he's he's redeemed." For me, it's more. Uh, He finds finds redemption in that particular
0: moment. I also saw the thing that it's like, the redemption isn't for everyone else. The redemption is for Luke. And for Anakin himself. Like Luke doesn't necessarily know everything that Anakin did. But yeah, the redemption in episode 6 is more for Luke's benefit, because nobody else was there for that. It was just Luke and Vader. Yeah. But that's also another thing I just want to touch on that I saw about episode six that I thought is quite interesting. Is and it's something that they could have done more with if they didn't turn Rey into such a fangirl <laughs> when she meets Luke and that. Yeah. Like to the point where like oh Ray knows everything that happened, you know, everybody knows everything that happened between Luke and Vader and like oh how Anakin how Luke managed to make to redeem Vader the evil man in the galaxy. Um but People, what people would have seen, were they would have seen Vader and Luke go into that room with the Emperor, and, on, and only Luke come out dragging Vader's dead body—like not dead body, but dying body.
1: Oh yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Like from the perspective of people that saw that, they could have came up with stories about how, like, oh, Luke Skywalker went into the Death Star, killed the Emperor, and dragged out Vader's dying body. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if Star Wars had the audacity to be a bit darker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's shit. And it turns
0: into a thing that like prior like post episode six people feared Luke. <laughs> which yeah. actually no which I actually saw. This is why I saw this is why I saw this statement. Someone then went on to say about how um Oh Moff Gideon in episode six when he sees like Luke Skywalker on the screen, he's like, That's the Jedi that killed the Emperor <laughs> Yes, like, no, yeah I saw I, that name
1: as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's
0: what I saw, that's what it was I saw. And it yeah, was
1: everyone goes Everyone goes. Oh, why is he? You know, why is he so scared? And so, well, yeah. If you take from a Kenyan's point of view, what well, they captured Luke Skywalker and he went in, and when he came out, the Emperor was gone and Darth Vader was was dying. Yeah. So, and you know, the Death Star was blowing up. So, I would, of course, they're fucking terrified of him.
0: I would. I know it's harder to do with the fact that obviously Mark Hamill's a lot older now, and they could recast it. But I would actually, I'd love to see a, a story that is not necessarily about Luke, but it's about that post period where people see luke as this like f- he's like people fear him
1: <laughs> i'd love to see that even if it was in a case of just you know i would like to see that if it was in a, in a film or in an episode of tv or even in like an audio drama or to read like, a, or a comic, comic. Or something, just, yeah yeah i'd like to just i'd just like to, to get a bit well, more from that yeah. they are yeah
0: there's obviously star wars comics are currently doing uh, between episode five and six. So I guess next thing they'll do will be with more they might do more stuff between episode six and seven.
1: Yeah, I would have thought so. Well I mean I hope so. Because
0: They haven't actually done a lot in that regard, if you think about it.
1: They did some no, stuff before really episode seven came out, but
0: now now they've got like they've got a lot of area to work in now that the films have all been released. Yeah. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about episode three.
1: Yeah, I think I think I like I like how episode three ties off that particular trilogy, and I like how, you know, it 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 does what it was always meant to. Do you know what I mean? It was meant to give you the story of how Anakin comes to Darth Vader, and you do see that there are there are silly moments yeah. in it. You know, you, you, we can't we can't not mention the the in her anger, you know, anger you killed. Well, her. that's no. no, yeah, no, that's ridiculous.
0: I, I like. I'll talk about that a bit in a bit. Um, I want to touch on a few little bits throughout. The film first. Uh, first off, yeah, the it. awful bit of dialogue that is Anakin staring at Padme on her balcony, and saying, "You are so beautiful." <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> it's only because I'm so in love. love. No, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. So love is blind. So to you, you say? <laughs> no way.
1: I'm no way. I'm Padme. You're, you're No, we're not you're acting okay.
0: it out. I'm just wanna. I'm yeah, not doing the whole no. thing. No, because I've already done it all anyway. Now it's done. Um, Bastard. But that, yeah, that's bad. Uh, but then we get. A moment of pretty great dialogue with you know, when Obi Wan's talking to Anakin's dismembered body. <laughs> with his, you know, you were the chosen one, you were meant to destroy the Sith, not join them. That's,
1: I fucking love that bring, moment.
0: Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. Like, it's brilliant. That's actually really good writing for, like, these kind of fantasy stories. Like, it's one of those, it, you know, you feel the weight of those words, even though they are kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And obviously, Obi Wan kind of rejecting the Jedi Way by saying to Anakin, you were my brother, I loved you. And not a lot of people touch yeah. on that, but a lot, a lot, like not a lot of people touch on that. But it is in that moment, it shows that even Obi Wan accepts that there's a lot of hypocrisy in the Jedi. I mean, it, you can't—that's us reading into it. But like, I feel like that is what that moment does.
1: No, for because sure.
0: Yeah, Obi Wan is willing to say that he loved someone when it, the Jedi aren't allowed to hold attachments, and obviously we see more of that in Clone Wars with uh, Duchess Satine of Mandalore. Yeah. And how obi-wan would have left the jedi order for her and in some of the old books he actually did you know yeah it's... i do think the
1: clone wars helps testament to that and i do think i do think that moment where he's sh- where he's you know he's shouting at him um after you know kind of all his limbs yeah. is is he's genuinely filled with love and is filled with heartbreak for him because he does see him you know and he does say he sees he always saw him as a brother he saw him as family because the Jedi, you know, the Jedi renounced their family in a way, and did they, they, yeah, they become each other's family. And in that moment, as well, you you realize that that Obi Wan has lost everything. In that moment, you know, everything that he knew, everything he he stood for was gone. And now the one, the one kind of person that he could have, at least, even if they had a terminus relationship, they could at least rely on each other. Yeah, he realizes was 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 the one to carry out all of this. So you you really do feel be, the emotion of that scene, I think McGregor does it. In those few lines, I think he does it yeah, really, no. really well. Um,
0: it's brilliant. That moment is obviously, that's going to live in the heads of Star Wars fans for many years.
1: That's my, That's one of my standout Star Wars moments. Oh, absolutely. it is.
0: It absolutely is. I, it's a moment I just go to all the time. Like We used to just quote it all the time for no reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it's, it, yeah.
0: Um, but then I also want to then touch on the moment that is Padme's, like, Padme with the birth of the twins and the birth of Darth Vader simultaneously intercut
1: is I do, yeah. brilliant like it's yeah, I love that yeah
0: I know there's also the bits and pieces for like there's some bits in there that's like oh, I can't remember what it is but there's something that's like shaped like the rebel symbol in Padme's side and like if you look at the Vader's bit from above it's like shaped like the imperial symbol
1: yeah
0: um, I can't remember specifically what things are like that though rebel this is not going to come up with what I'm typing, but let's see. Okay, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's the moment like Padmé the, the the kind of hat thing that Padmé's wearing when Palpatine gives a speech to the Senate. And yeah, the lights that are around Vader's like table when he's in the operating thing is like shaped like the the imperial symbol a little bit. Yeah. So there's there's so much good imagery. I feel like George Lucas is good with that stuff. And it gets overlooked because some of the weaker stuff, but yeah. Um... Oh,
1: yeah, I do. I do. I do think that, don't get me wrong, the weaker stuff in these prequels are weak. They are genuinely. Like, the, the use of the heavy use of CGI really does take the turf from the film, but and I, I, I do, but I do think the weaker stuff heavily, like people. Let it outweigh the more positive. Well, people always people always focus.
0: Yeah, people always focus on negatives more than they focus on uh, positives because it's more. You know, you can say more critically than you can positive about things all the time. Typically,
1: yeah, because I think I think there are more positive stuff in this film than negative. These films that are negative, but I think the negative stuff just just heavily outweigh. Yeah, any of the positives.
0: Um. I do. Uh, I was I say? Yeah, I just wanted to say that that scene that the yeah, you know, the the, the the simultaneous birth scene. So you get the twins, and you get An Anna- Vader being born. Um, yeah, the editing in that scene is fantastic. Like, there's like it ed- cuts between no, like th- Vader lying on his side, like Padme lying on her side. Like Vader's obviously screaming in pain. Padme's in pain because of pregnancy. Is no, generally the, the cross cutting—it's brilliant. The, the,
1: yeah, the use of cross cutting in that is fantastic. Genuinely, really, it's really, really executed well, and you 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 really feel it.
0: And obviously, um, the the something that Star Wars fans have implied over the years, and I don't know if it's—you could say it's actually what happens, or I like to think it is, but it isn't Vader who killed Padme, and it isn't Padme dying of sadness or a broken heart. Palpatine is somehow taking her life force and giving it to Vader.
1: Yeah, I've I've always heard that. And I've I like that to
0: theory. Light. I I do find I it a bit convoluted, but I like that theory.
1: I like that theory more than she died of a broken heart. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the I I like to think of that theory a little more. And have you have you ever seen? I mean, I'm sure you have. But have you ever seen the kind of the stuff that goes around when as the as the helmet goes on to him, he he whispers out for someone. I can't remember who he whispers out for now. It's either Padme or Obi Wan.
0: I. Mm, I've not seen that, and I don't see that in the scene either, really.
1: No, but I like—I like to think. I that, think his face—he
0: um, looks like he's making a lot of weird facial expressions, but that's because of the mask he's wearing, most likely.
1: But also, he has just been, you know, set alight, so yeah, he's going to make that's some facial intense. Impression- that's expressions.
0: intense. That film, that, like fucking, yeah, it's really good. Um, I also, I actually really like the sequence when uh, you know the birth of the Empire scene as well, when Palpatine's giving his speech.
1: And this is how liberty dies. With thunderous applause. <laughs> thunderous applause. Yeah, I like that.
0: The republic will be reorganized
1: into the
0: first galactic empire.
1: Ah. <laughs> it's
0: fucking brilliant. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. Some people do criticize Ian McDermott, but he's so good.
1: <laughs> the one that the one I I do think some of his performance is a little cringy. Oh no but, it is, but it's brilliant. <laughs> but what I will say is he's having the fucking best time <laughs> and Gen- you can tell. <laughs> the Jedi are taking over <laughs> no, 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 don't kill me No No, don't kill me, please <laughs> I Fucking love this film so much.
0: Uh I also that's so good as well when, like, even in that moment, that's Mace Windu being like, I'm rejecting the way of the Jedi right now because this fucker needs to die. Yeah, like, and yeah, That's, like, in that scene, literally the only person being like, no, we need to follow things the right way is Anakin. Like, he's not saying that, like, oh, you know. But then, obviously, gradually, Anakin's just like, no, we should put him under trial. And he's like, no, I need him. Like, Anakin's like, what's more important, following the order or his own personal thing you know yeah, he,
1: it, i think he does go into it with i think the that's right headset
0: oh my god looking at it on this point of view again you can't say this is def- definitely what the writers were thinking um which is why interpretations of things is great but like in that's the moment where anakin's belief in the jedi is absolutely shattered
1: as soon as he sees mace windu go no he's too dangerous i think it's the line i, I goes, think it, goes, it, it's too it's dangerous to be he, left alive it's as soon I think as it's the line that sends him maybe yeah but
0: that after that he says no like you know he we have to see us stand trial he must live um and then it's after that he says i i need him and then mace windu lifts his lightsaber up if i'm remembering the scene correctly <laughs> yeah <laughs> playing the movie in my head right now just trying to <laughs> and then it's really like quick and intense of how he cuts off mace windu's like hand
1: yeah it's fucking does for it doesn't it yeah and it's brilliant
0: uh, and to debunk theories I don't think Mace Windu survived that
1: <laughs> oh no uh, he got his hand chopped off he got electrocuted and then he got fucking flown fucking feet in the air of course he's not going to survive where'd he go he went out the window
0: Mace Windu out the window
1: Jesus Christ
0: Um, that's brilliant though and then Anakin's you know his what have I done
1: <laughs> what have I done uh,
0: it is a really good film but it, it does you it's do great. there are so many moments in there that you're just like ugh yeah, it's good. It's good. It. Of course, I it love is. it so much. Um, do we... oh well. Uh, soundtrack quickly. Um, yes, actually, no. Good point. Jump ba- to the soundtrack. Battle of the Heroes is good. I think I'm more of a fan of Anakin versus Obi Wan because that's the one that plays
1: at the start of the fight. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a fan of yeah.
0: Battle of the Heroes is the ending of the fight. Um, both good tracks.
1: Both great tracks. But yeah, I do think the start is a bit stronger.
0: Also, sorry, another under, maybe not underappreciated. Because I have seen a lot of people talk about this moment, but one of like the most understated moments in the film: Padme and Anakin looking across Coruscant in nothing but silence, just the music.
1: That's sick. Yeah, yeah. Even and, though the it's a it's Anakin's got the reverse shot.
0: Yeah, that's so weird. The reverse shot. When you notice it, it's weird. If you don't notice it, it's fine. I've had to show so many people and I've ruined it for
1: them. <laughs> um, but no, I do I do really like that that kind of sequence of just just kind of the really haunting under of the score yeah. and them just kind of looking out and, and yeah that 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 always sticks with me no? and there is
0: also like the uh there's a little bit of dialogue uh like voiceover from palpatine in that as well can't remember, yeah. can't remember what he says but yeah I only saw that because I know what track that is in the soundtrack That's Padme's ruminations Um yeah but yeah that's a good moment um Anakin's betrayal probably my favorite track on the on the album because that's, okay. that's the Order 66 track. Oh, yeah. Like, the... Tr- <coughs> yeah. No, not that. Not the marching on the temple track. The actual sequence when everybody's dying. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That track.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you mean now.
0: Yeah. um, And then the rest of it's fine.
1: The rest of it's fine. Fuck yeah. it. Um, Should we... Should we rate it? I think, I think we already. Know. I mean, I'm giving it a smoking microphone out the bat. There's not even a. There's no competition. Oh wait, you
0: know. there you no, definitely not.
1: It's great. It's it's um, a, it's
0: a Star Wars. It's a great film. It's um, a
1: Star Wars. But yeah, there we go. So just to just to recap, uh, the Phantom Menace, we both gave uh, zero. no microphones. Uh, Attack of the Clones, both gave a microphone, and same with Revenge of Sith. I mean. I'm, I'm keeping a list of everything we we write, but we'll we'll definitely post this on on our Instagram. Yeah, we haven't, so had, we always... haven't
0: had any posts for a bit,
1: so <laughs> yeah, we haven't had any posts this week because um, we didn't review anything last week. <laughs> apart from there, yeah, there was, there was there wasn't really anything we could post this week, and it's just been a bit of a busy week, I think. Yeah. as well. I the, uh... I was thinking of an uh,
0: an idea. So you know, when I said that we do the, there was an idea I came up with, which was the we both take a film beginning with the same letter of the alphabet.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I also thought of another idea is maybe at some point we can both say to each other, let's both watch the same film. Doesn't matter when it was released, let's just both watch the same film for the first time or it could be a rewatch that we're gonna do and then we could talk about that for an episode. Yeah, I'm up for that. If there's anything specifically that we're like, Yeah, we want to talk about this for an episode, you know?
1: Have you got anything on the on the Nothing of the off the top of, of my them? head right now, no.
0: I mean there are loads of films we could do like we could do like Into the Spider Verse, The Dark Knight, things like that. But nothing specifically I mean we'll yeah it's definitely one that we'd have to know like a week in advance though so
1: okay yeah well, we well, we'll talk about it at the end of the once we've recorded we can maybe yeah. pick an idea for maybe maybe next week yeah um, or the week after um, um, i because um,
0: that's a way then we can also give ourselves some more things to post
1: <laughs> yeah true um, um but yeah we haven't we we are uh looking into you know you've seen all our social medias and we are we are brand, i think it's fair to say we are branching gonna branch into youtube we're gonna, so, we're gonna try. We're gonna see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna at least we're gonna at least post videos on there if, if yeah. you if you want to watch them. You don't have to, but it will be better if you do. And if anything, we
0: can also post them into like the Facebook ch- page, and that, so at least somebody might watch yeah. them. <laughs> I'm exactly. not so I'm not like thinking oh I want to get loads of views on YouTube like I don't care about that. I used to, <laughs> I don't anymore.
1: <laughs> no, it's more it's more just for the avenue for for us to be creative as well, and and also for people that may not necessarily want to listen to one as, as a podcast and they can look at our, our YouTube stuff.
0: Yeah, and it won't be any ads because we're not monetized, so it's all good.
1: No, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, uh, we will come back to the Star Wars uh, franchise. We'll, go, we'll do the spin-offs next and then it'll be the originals and then the sequels. Um, possibly next month we'll go to the sequels, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, we'll see how,
0: we'll see how it goes because
1: yeah. So um, Before we before we wrap up for the end of the episode is there anything you'd like to you've done this week you want to recommend or you just want to talk about
0: I watched I watched a couple of films that weren't weren't good I don't know why I watched uh, Arch Enemy Joe Manganiello film like he's a superhero from another universe weird thing but he does nothing happens in the film it's so boring
1: but it has like
0: average reviews it has I think it was in the 70s but it's it's awful like, it's terrible. It's on Now TV. So I just thought, okay, I've heard about this film. Because Glenn Howerton of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in it as well. I remember him posting about it. Oh, hey, fair play. But it's, it's not good. And then I also watched a film called Creation Stories, which is about uh Creation Records, a record company. Okay. Uh, It stars Ewan Bremner as the head of that company. So I'm Train Spotting, obviously. Nice. Um, And again, it was pretty boring. And I didn't know what the film um. was actually trying to tell me about. I didn't know if it was about the record company... About the character himself... The guy himself... About the bands they were signing... I don't know... Because there's a bit like when... They they were very well known for making Oasis big... Okay... But that's like a tiny part of the film... And I was like... Okay I don't know what this film is trying to do... And I'm just bored... But then... Yeah... uh, I guess... It kind of cleansed my palate... Even though I watched it the day before I watched that film I think... Or did I watch this the day after? I don't know what day... Yeah no I watched this first... And then I watched that film... Anyway... Uh, I watched a film. I watched a, not a film. Sorry, I watched something on Netflix, which I will call one of the greatest works of creative and artistic expression I have ever seen.
1: What was
0: that? Bo Burnham's Inside.
1: Oh, I need to watch that. Is on my list. I don't think I might watch, it, watch that tonight.
0: Honestly, what I just said, artistic and create best, one of the greatest artistic and creative expressions I've ever like pieces of like yeah, artistic and creative expression I've ever seen. No word of a lie. That it's incredible. Like not
1: I've I've only heard like incredible and, things. And like if
0: something else I said in the tweet, it's a comedy special that transcends comedy. It's not just about it's not just a comedy special. It's hilarious, but it's there's so much in there that it's it's so powerful, like for specifically as a like a kind of view into one man's process.
1: Okay. A bit. Oh, like maybe, I'll in, maybe I'll stick that on in a second anyway. Yeah, it's
0: it's incredible. Like <laughs> And I only yeah, kind I of I watched that. it and was like I really liked it and it was only like after a couple of days I started to think about it more and like, saw more people talking about it. I was like, no really it's it's more than I just liked I loved it. Like it's I would I'm I would watch it again. Like Yeah. It's it's great. Um other than that I watched the I've watched the first three episodes of Modoc. How's that? It's actually really fun. Okay Like it's Yeah no I mean I'm not Yeah it's really It's really fun Maybe I'll
1: give it a chance Um then.
0: It's quite funny Like I'm not like Outrageously funny But there's a lot of like Good moments in it It's very Yeah it's very entertaining I think you'd like it
1: Okay I might I might give it a go Um Yeah Uh I don't okay, think
0: I've watched good. Anything else Uh what about you
1: Uh I've not really w- I've been watching a lot of Uh I watched the Friends reunion At the start of the week Mm-hmm um on bank holiday that was quite that was good it was nice to kind of just see their thoughts on it and from there i mean me and maddie been watching a lot of friends um so we're on series two i mean i've seen it all before but i haven't watched it in so long it was kind of nice to just jump back on it's it. um we, so
0: when we obviously we leave the tv on when we're out the house for the dog yeah so we, we always just leave it on comedy central which friends is just always on
1: Love that! I so I'm, s- that. I'm
0: sick of it now. Like I'm absolutely sick of Friends. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I love it. Oh no! I mean, I'm still. We still like. Sometimes there's nothing on. We don't want to watch anything while we're eating dinner, and we just stick Friends. We just leave Friends on, and it's like I've. Yeah. But it's because it feels like every month they go through the entire series. It feels like so. It feels like we're just back to the beginning suddenly, and we're like, oh wow, okay, we're at the beginning
1: of it again. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I see. I haven't, I haven't watched it in so long. It was. It's been nice to kind of. uh to 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 jump on it again and see. I mean, it's not it's not aged great. But oh no, still it's I, still, still, I s- still find it. Funny. I still think
0: it's one of. I know a lot of people do criticize Friends. A lot of people. There are people that don't like it. Really, don't like it. Yeah. Um, which is just you know, again, it's on that thing where it's fun to hate things that people like. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: if you don't like it, don't shit on people that do. Uh, yeah.
0: Friends is one of the mo- the most consistently good sitcoms. I don't think yeah. there's a bad episode, it's just that I've seen it all so much that at the point at this point I don't think I would ever watch it all through again properly. Just because I've seen yeah. it. It's the same with like me and Two and a Half Men, like but that's actually got a lot of bad episodes.
1: <laughs> See for me, this is only my like probably my second ever watch through. So I would probably yeah, I'm just really enjoying it at the moment. But, but, but apart from that I uh, I listened to uh, Big Finish uh, who knows, the Doctor Audio dramas uh, amongst uh, some original stuff, and I uh, tortured, and uh, they released, they're doing a thing with three releases with David Tennant with a classic Doctor, so a couple of months ago it was David Tennant and Tom Baker, and then this month they've released uh, David Tennant and Peter Davison against the Cybermen, so I listened to that, that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna, I think we're planning to watch Ryan and the Last Dragon uh, in the next day or two, because that's now on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very, very excited to watch that. Yeah, it's a good film. Um, but yeah, apart from that, just, just been, just been working, just been doing a couple of behind the scenes things that you know about that I won't, won't bring up yet, but just tease. Like, I love to tease. I'm a tease. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about it, really.
0: Yep. So I can't think of anything else. I think that to... generally brings us... Yep,
1: yeah, to a close. <laughs> I think that brings us to a conclusion. Woo! Um, as always, thank you so, so much for listening. We do really appreciate it. You can find us on all elements of social media. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook at RockSpot and Two Smoking Microphones. You can find us on Twitter at Two Smoking Mics. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Two Smoking Microphones. And also, we have a Gmail that you can you can write into at twosmokingmicrophonespod.com at gmail.com uh we check all of them very regularly and we do post uh we post on instagram quite regularly and on twitter and on facebook um and we will definitely have some posts out this week and some some exciting updates coming soon uh you can find you can find me at the doc 81 on twitter as well if you want to follow my personal one or at the review lab uh, for my blog and you can find mr connor at Oh you were, I thought you were gonna okay.
0: at Connor Jordan underscore ninety six.
1: Yeah, there we go. Um I just thought it'd be nice for you to stay around to a handle. No. But next time I'll it's fine. I thought you were saying
0: it. <laughs> yeah, no, I just it's cause you started it, I thought you were saying it, so it's fine.
1: Um But yeah, look as always, thank you so much for listening. Next week um will be another topic. Uh possibly because obviously Loki starts this week on Wednesday. Um it does and if, you're, if you if you feel like it wish me a happy birthday uh
0: it's... i will also say definitively we won't be doing the recaps i don't think properly we'll do them on the i think we'll do them on the normal episodes
1: yeah, I'm going to suggest that we do low key as a normal episode yeah, next week. Well, no, I mean,
0: like, not, I mean, and also week to week, we can just talk about the episodes as they're released. Uh, or maybe exactly. not, or maybe just leave it till the end of the series. It is only six episodes after all. But it's mainly because yeah. we, we, we both work Fridays. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We ju- um, yeah. We're trying to find, I know uh, we might run into it a little bit of difficulty Wait, in, we, in the next week or We sorry. could
0: record it on Wednesday evenings now. You work Wednesdays as <laughs> well. Well, no, that's the thing. I'm, I'm,
1: I am oh, actually off, off this week. week.
0: We could I'm actually then do available. a recap, unless oh, if you're not available, it's fine.
1: <laughs> well, no, I'm not available next Saturday. Is what I was going to say. Oh, so that's we'll, um, well, we'll we'll figure things out. Fuck it. Um, so you never know. You might get a recap. You might not. But if you don't get a mini-sode you will get a something. A physical. It will be. We will at least talk about Air Loki episode one as a topic or mini topic on next week's episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so look forward to that
0: yay um,
1: but no as always thank you so much stay safe um, so keep spreading love everyone keep, sp- keep spreading love
0: keep spreading the love and not the coronavirus
1: keep spreading the love and not the coronavirus um, <laughs> but yeah thank you for listening to the Toothmaker microphones podcast we better, we better take these microphones and not make them on fire